We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is Tyrese Halliburton, and you're listening to Setting the Pace. He is our starting center. He is the greatest shot blocker on the planet. It is Miles Turner. Miles, how are you? Love, y'all. What's going on, man? Doing great. Yeah, we're doing great. We're doing even better now. I appreciate you coming on. But, you know, Miles, I think, you know, to wrap up last season, I think the, the Pacers played it safe. They held you and a few others out down the stretch to make sure that you're going into this season as healthy as can be. How is your body feeling this offseason? And can you tell us a little bit about what you've been working on and looking to improve in the summer. Absolutely, man. This is the best my body has felt in years, honestly. You know, um, you know, as, as you guys have known, you know, my past couple off seasons, I had to start the offseason with, you know, rehab. You know, a couple years ago was my toe. And then last year, I forgot, I don't even remember what it was. But, like, just actually rehabbing, it took, you know, a month or two away from my, my process. This month, I was, or this uh, offseason, I was able to hit the ground running. You know, I started my offseason around May, and I was in Denver. I got to train out there for a month and a half. And uh, it was a different type of training for me. You know, altitude obviously plays a huge factor out there. So um, I wanted to just try to push myself and just do different things. And, um, yeah, man, as far as on the court, I'm working on, you know, most of the things. Obviously, still improving my shot, you know, getting the numbers up there. You know, I, I really strive to be like a 50-40-90 guy. I think it's something that's possible. You know, as people have done it in the past. And, uh, you know, a lofty goal at that, but something I feel like I'm capable of doing. Um, working on going left a lot more, you know, I think going right, it's obviously, you know, people that see me play or, you know, my scouts are saying, you know, I'm more of a right-hand type guy, but I'm very capable of going left and finishing the left side of the basket as well. So just mix things up and, um, I'm in a really, really great place, man. I'm excited for the things to come this season. I am too. And I'm, I'm curious, do you have any goals that you've set for yourself this upcoming season? 
Um, well, a couple, you know, personal goals, of course, you know, I want to be all star. You know, I had my first all star birth, and you know, the real serendipitous is that it happened. You know, the all star game coming into Indianapolis this year, you know, that's something that you know I always tried to be. Uh, crack that first all defensive team, still, still up there. Something you know, I've always been aiming for, you know, over the you know, years past. Um, and really, I told the 50 40 90 was obviously a big goal for me as well. I think that's something that I think is attainable. Um, you know, it's not like I'm gonna go out there and just, you know, if I miss a couple of shots, I get my percentage to this and that, nothing like that. But it's just like, a, you know, something in the back of my head, you know, I could shoot for and aim for as well. And just becoming that vocal leader even more now, you know, with a younger team um, and being a long tenure guy here, you know, I've been the leader on this team, but, you know, being more of a vocal leader, I would say, you know, especially like in the locker room. And I think naturally when I speak, guys listen. So just uh, continue just to uh, just grow upon in that area. I'm excited about that. 50, 40, 90, you know, it, it sounds really tough because it's been really tough, but you shot about 55% from the field. I mean, at times you've shot around 38% from three. So I really do feel like that is something that can happen. But you talked about it now being one of those veteran leaders. Look, you're going into year eight. I, we're coming off of just seeing, I would say, the best Miles Turner we've ever seen yet. Keyword is yet. Am I getting greedy or am I crazy? Or is there something else still left in the bag that we're going to see next season? Because I think you're set up to have another career year. Man, there's plenty left to tank. And even crazier, bro. I'm actually going to my ninth year. Like, I've been in ninth this year. for a minute, bro. Exactly. It, it's it drives short. I was just talking to one of our boys about that yesterday. It's like I played in a lot of different areas. I played against Kobe. I played against Tim Duncan. Like, I've been here for quite some time. It's funny just to just look at it that way. But um, just going back into your point, bro, just being that vocal leader is something that you can talk about, but actually being about it and actually having younger guys seeing you, seeing the work you put in. You know, I'm one of the guys that are one of the first ones to show up, one of the last ones to leave. But, like, walking in that, that's something that's huge. You can't just say, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. If if you have your guys there and they don't see you, you know, putting your best foot forward or see you talking about things you're about, then why would I follow that person, you know? So just uh, follow along, like, just with those type of things. <clears throat> yeah, one one of the things I'm really curious about is, like you said, you played for eight seasons going into your ninth year, and you've played with a lot of different players. But Paul George was the guy when you came here, and now it's Tyrese Halliburton. Those two guys are really good basketball players, but they're totally different how they play. I'm curious, what is it like playing with both those guys and maybe some of the similarities and the differences you see in their games? Yeah, you know, it's when I came with PG, he was already kind of at that superstar level, right? You know, he came off those finals runs or those uh, Eastern Conference finals runs against uh, Miami, you know, those two years. And um, he was starting to hit his essential, you know. And um, playing with him, he was already someone that was established. So just being able to see like the work he put in night in, night out, it was like I was almost a fan while being on the court with him as a teammate. It was like a weird thing I had to get over, like my rookie year, especially. It's like, these are guys you're playing with, you know, playing with in 2K and guys that you grow up watching and you're actually on the court with them. It's like kind of crazy just to, you know, just, just to, I guess, to put in, throw it all, all coming for with him. But with PG, he he was just one of those guys that people feared him, bro, like legitimately, like guys knew they couldn't guard him type of thing. Tyrese is finally starting to turn that corner of becoming that. Like, whereas when I was with PG, he was already at that superstar level. Tyrese is building himself into that, you know. Um, I've been, been excited watching him play at the World Cup, you know, just, a, just for a side note. But with Tyrese, he's someone who wants to get everybody involved, bro. He doesn't really want to score. He can score, very capable, as we know. But he, like, gets off on actually getting guys involved. And that's something that's rare, you know, especially at this level, you know, to have such a pass first on self a dude. And uh, obviously, you know, it's helped me in my career, you know, for someone who actually looks for me, someone who's really trying to, you know, get me going. And, um, 
you know, just the communication is there too. You know, someone like him, he's just a, he's a younger guy, you know, quote unquote younger guy coming into his own, and it's easy to just communicate with him in that. Just staying on the topic of Tyrese, look, I'm five foot ten on a good day, so what do I know? But it's gotta be a big man's dream to play with a point guard like Tyrese Halbert. Do you think he's the perfect player to unlock the full potential of this Pacers team? And do you think he could also be that guy to get, you know, players in free agency to take that second look at Indiana? Yeah, man. You know, I think that he does play a big factor in free agency, you know, for us as well. Because when you want to come to a team with a guy who is literally, like I said, wants to get people involved, like that's literally like how he gets himself going. Why would you not want to come here? You know, why would you not want to come here and be a part of that? I mean, you can build around somebody like that, you know. And I think with Tyrese, he's a uh, sky's the limit, man. You know, I think that he he had a great season last year, but obviously he still has stuff to approve upon, like we all do. You know, there's things that. You know, once you put a target on the back, you know, he's an all-star last year. You know, now he's kind of a hunting guy. You know, he had a great story coming out of Sacramento of being that guy who, you know, he got traded and, you know, got his revenge in a sense. It's like, all right, well, you got it now. So what are you going to do with it? Right. So, you know, people are, he's, he's going to have a, uh, you know, that big neon target on his back this season, man. And I'm very curious to see how he handles it, but I think he's going to do it well. I will say probably the last 13, 14 months, it's probably been a whirlwind of emotions for you with the Pacers pursuing DeAndre Ayton in the offseason last year. And then, you know, eventually coming to an agreement with you on the renegotiation and extension contract. I'm just kind of curious, you know, what were your thoughts during last offseason when all that was going down with Ayton? And then turning that season around and, and really becoming the face of the, of, the, of the center position for this team after so many conversations about, you know, is it Miles or is it Domas for the center position? Man, that's water under the bridge, man, for real. I just think that with that situation – it's business, right? Like you, if I'm an organization, I'm a GM, I got to do what's best for, for my team. And I got to do what's best, you know, for us going forward. For someone like me who was on an expiring contract, you know, you look at, you you look up in other places. So I never really took much of it personal. It was just one of those things where it's like, all right, well, this is how y'all feel. And I'll go out there and show y'all what I'm about. And that's what the season was. And, you know, I still have plenty, plenty, plenty of room to grow upon. You know, that was not by far not. It was my best season today, but it isn't, isn't going to be my best season. You know, I really feel like I'm definitely built upon that. And um, like I said, I'm excited, man. I'm really just excited for the future. You know, you can high size 2020. I'm excited to keep yeah. doing with this team. For real. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know, Miles, I know you mentioned water under the bridge, man. I've never seen a man survive more trade rumors than you. I'm happy to have <laughs> you here. And the extension was such a big win for just the Pacers in general. So really excited to have you on for two more seasons. But, you know, the Pacers haven't had maybe the splashiest off seasons in the past. However, Pacer Nation, it's running wild right now with additions of Bruce Brown, Obi Toppin, Jarris Walker, Ben Shepard coming in through the draft. Can you shed some light on maybe what you're most excited about to be playing alongside these guys? Man, honestly, bro, I think we got so much better defensively. I think that that was something that we kind of struggled with last year. You know, and it wasn't no secret that we weren't the best defensive team out there. But with those additions, I think that we're really going to be a much better, like, anchor down defensive team. And it's, it's going to be exciting, bro. You got someone – I played against Bruce in Brooklyn. He's running the five. Like, he's someone who would literally play every single position. and would really be able to help out this team a lot. And um, I watched Jarrett play in college a little bit, man, during his little tournament run. He reminds me so much of, like, that, bro, like that young when he was here. I think there's a lot of stuff that he can bring to the team. It's, you know, he's a rookie. He's going to take time for him to actually, you know, learn the ways of the league itself. But he's someone I think that can come in and contribute right away. And even Ben, man, I like the way he shoots the ball. Like, I really do. It was a uh, – you know, shooting is something that obviously is essential to be – like, you know, to, to compete at this level. But shooting at a high level, which I think he's more than capable of doing, is something to be able to come out and help us right away and then – I don't even speak on Obi, man. Like, you've seen, you know, what he's done in New York. And um, I think really at the end of last season, you know, when uh, Julius was hurt, he really started to come along. Like, he was shooting the ball a lot better. You've seen, like, the viral clips of him running the floor. Like, he can really get out. And obviously, you know, with Tyrese and him, you know, the Ali Oops is going to be crazy. Fans got to get your popcorn ready. You know, it's going to be some good, be some good stuff. I'm I'm excited, man. And, you know, the majority of this core has yet to experience the playoffs, <laughs> but they're eager to get there this season. What does this team as a whole have to do to focus on uh, getting to that next step and making the playoffs? Well, again, it, it, is, um, it starts with our defense. You know, we can – I think we can score with the best of them. I think we were top ten in scoring last year. But, you know, you're not going to be able to just outscore everybody. You've got to lock down. And, you know, for someone who's, you know, had some game seven experiences and played in the playoffs, like that's literally what it's all about. You know, nobody cares about plays in the playoffs. It's about strapping down and actually getting stops. So if we can commit ourselves to that end, we're going to – the sky's the limit for this team, you know. But if we don't, then, you know, we're going to struggle you know, you talked about a little bit about the sky being limit. Look, injuries, coaching changes, various factors in the past. It felt like it stopped the Pacers teams from maybe reaching their full potential. It feels like that ceiling has been raised. The young talent, some of the names that we went through, it is through the roof. Can you just talk about maybe what we're building here for years to come rather than just being a team that's happy to just get to the playoffs and maybe is a first round exit? This feels sustainable. It's foundation, right? You're building. One, you got to build a culture. You know, I think that's one thing that I think a lot of people look at in free agency is the culture of what you're building. You know, I think we have, you know, for years past, we've had great guys in the locker room. You know, you only some, I mean, in years past, like, you know, my first couple of years or even, you know, even a couple of years after that, you'll have one or two guys in the locker room that just doesn't fit in, you know, with the group. I haven't felt that over the past few years. And I think that especially like the young Zubers that we're bringing in now, that's not going to be a problem. We have great vets. You know, we have me, Buddy McConnell, CJ McConnell, and James Johnson, guys that have like been around, is able to actually really um, bring everybody together. So 
Um, setting that foundation is going to be huge. I think that this being our first year, really being able to play together with this unit, I think was some side things are going to happen. And, um, you know, for years, like going forward, you, you're set, you know, you're locked into multiple positions. So uh, as a franchise, that's something that, you know, feels good. It's stuff you don't have to stress about as much. Yeah. One of the things I'm curious about is the, uh, the coaching staff headed by Rick Carlisle, because I think this is your fourth coach that you've had since you've been here. Frank Vogel, when you were a rookie, Nate McMillan, and then the one year of Nate Bjorkman, which we don't even have to really get into that. But, um, you know, I think there could be some fun stories about that later. But with Rick Carlisle, I'm just curious, what does he bring to the table that's so different than those other three coaches? Bro, Rick is definitely one of my favorite coaches because he's just no no nonsense, bro. Like he, first of all, actually, know is like, I think he's a Hall of Fame coach. I think everybody knows that, you know, he's, um, you know, growing up here in Dallas, obviously he's able to watch, you know, those teams and whatnot. But being under his tutelage, bro, like he's someone who just genuinely loves the game, man. And, um, you know, he's, I mean, for Michigan, really, he's not a bullshitter. Like, he's going to tell you exactly like it is. Like, if he doesn't like something, he's going to tell you. There's no sugarcoating. It's just I'm going to get straight to the point. And as someone who's been in this league for a while, I respect that. You know, don't, you know, we don't have to act like we're friends. You don't have to sugarcoat stuff. Just tell me what you need me to do. We'll go out there and get it done. You know, some some people may not be able to handle that style of coaching, but for me personally, that's like what I enjoy. You know, and I think that Rick is gonna do he's gonna continue to do wonders for this team. I think he's when you when you're a younger guy coming into a team like this where, you know, let's be real, like the roster's not set, the starting lineup's not set. He gives everybody a chance to compete. Another thing I respect about Rick as well. So I don't know, man. I think Rick is just uh I think he's the right man for the job, you know, with this team for real for real. You know, I mean, what do I know, you know, being from afar? But Carlisle had comments for years that he liked you. I mean, even when he was with the Mavericks, that he was excited to, you know, be able to, you know, work with a player such as yourself. Uh, and it's not to take anything away from you know, any players or coaches of the past, but what was the biggest difference for you last year that enabled you to have that career year and be as efficient as we talked about? Because, Miles, you increased – you're scoring by five points in year eight. We don't see that too much. Usually a player might be kind of, you know, could be in the prime, could be in the middle, but to increase by five points, that's a lot. I just think I had a coach that was really committed to unlocking my potential. And, um, you know, communication was definitely a huge thing. You know, as soon as Coach Carlisle got the job, like he literally came to Texas to, you know, came back on to Dallas just to work with me. You know, I mean, he's, look, I can flip the camera. He's literally... My neighbor, how do I flip this little camera? <laughs> like, he lives right there. Oh, I love <laughs> like, that. That's awesome. <laughs> like, that's my guy, man. Like, you know, he was able to come down here. And for someone who's able to come in here and actually put in work and be about things he's talking about, I respected that a lot. You know, he wanted to get me around the basket more. You know, he wanted me to start rolling a bit more as opposed to popping as much. And I saw the freedom of the ship of three, obviously, but he really made it a key point to get me down there and uh, be around the basket, post up more, roll a bit more. You know, when we had Domas here, I wasn't able to do it as much. You know, Payne was a little bit more clogged when the way he was working. I was more of a spacer. But being a lone five, I'm able to actually go down there and mix it up a bit and be that inside-out threat. Yeah, and I definitely was impressed with your low post game last year because that is something we had not seen a lot from you. But to add that to your game and be able to use a little bit more, I thought that really opened up and showcased people that you have more to your to your game than you were able to show with the other previous uh, teams that we had. But I won't lie, I was actually in attendance for that Minnesota Timberwolves game at home when you had the dunk on McDaniels, and I actually traveled to Milwaukee to watch you guys play the Bucks when you had the dunk on Giannis. Hey, my good luck on, man. I, I, last year, I was there for you, man. So, you know, obviously, you had the one against Tristan Thompson in the playoffs and on Gordon Hayward, but I'm curious, 
is one of those four your favorite dunks of all time, or is there another one that you had that you were just like, people forget mm. about this? My one of my favorite dunks, um, bro, one of my favorite dunks that it's crazy that you probably won't even be able to find a film from it. It was my it was my second year, and we it was a preseason game against Orlando, and I had a dunk against Bismack Biyombo, and it was one of those ones Monte Ellis that dropped me a dime, and like it was one of those ones where I really. I wasn't even thinking. Like, I just went. I just cocked back, and it was one of those ones where, like, I'm, like, leaning to the side. And, you know, Vince Carter dunked on Alonzo Mourning. That's kind of what it felt like. It was, like, leaning to the side and cocked. It was one of those dunks. And that's one of my all-time favorites. But uh, out of all those four, I think my favorite one was the Tristan Thompson one just because, you know, it was, it was a crazy, like, scene being in the playoffs and then being at home. And, like, everybody got the experience. That was one of the first times I really had, like, a crazy dunk like that, you know, in that playoff setting, you know. So that was probably one of my personal favorites for sure. I got two questions for you then. One, did you ever bring that dunk up to him when he was a pacer? He was a pacer for a short time. No, nah, man, we never really got <laughs> on it. You know, kept, I just kept it moving and kept it pushing. But uh, uh, I, I think Joe Tristan's a great guy, bro, for real. There's a short time he was here. I had some really, like, you know, engaging conversation with him, not even just about basketball, just, like, just about life and just kind of just navigating, like, the ways of the league. You know, he's someone who's, you know, he's a vet. He's able to stick around for as long as he did, and that's not by accident. You know, I think – it's such a misconception when players come in, even when myself coming in as a younger player, like you'll play 2K or something like that, right? Like, oh, this guy sucks. Well, you know, like, and then you actually play against real life. It's like, ah, like there's a reason why, you know, people stick around there in the league, you know, for as long as they are. I even made a, an opportunity to uh, join the Lakers, you know, late during that, that playoff run. So, you know, shout out to him. Um, but also, you know, I'm curious, is there a big man or two that you view as like, the measuring stick. You know, I'm not trying to start anything or anything, but I felt like Rudy Gobert was one of those for you. When you guys got in that, whatever, that, that's also a while back, and the Pacers picked up the win. I felt like that was a moment because I just felt like Gobert was like one of those, hey, this is a defensive player of the year type guy. Like, this is who Miles should be, you know, kind of measuring up to, one of those type of things. Is there a couple bigs that you have in mind when you see him on the calendar? Like, all right, tonight's night. Honestly, bro, I, I kind of run my own race. If you do, if you do that, you start to get caught up in things that, you know, will distract you, right? If I'm about to go play like a, a Carl Towns or a Jokic or Embiid, like one of the, you know one of those type of guys, like you start getting worried about the matchup, right? So they score, and so naturally, like, well, I got to score now, right? Or yeah. you know, you might score, you might get a couple buckets, but then all of a sudden, that's all you're focused on. So, mm-hmm. like, I'd be lying if I said, of course, it wasn't bigs. That's like you, you know, you circle your counter. It's like, all right, you know, it's nice tonight, but. If you start to like get caught up in that, it can really cost you. And like yeah. that's kind of another thing, one of the things I learned earlier in my career too. You know, I used to do that with certain bids. Like, like uh, one of them was like with the Marcus Cousins, right? When I played against him, I was like, okay, yeah, this is someone that I really got to go out there and show who I am. And then you start doing that, and then you start overthinking, then you start shooting stuff that's out of like out of character or doing stuff that's out of character, and and it can mess with you. It can really mess with you, you know the whole, I guess, tools of the game. So. Um, you know, truthfully speaking, yeah, there's, of course, there's a couple of bigs here and there. You see on the schedule, it's like, all right, well, you know, I might have to you know, do this tonight. This is that. But I found that in my, you know, my later years, you don't get caught up in as much. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. 
Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yeah, and that makes a lot of sense because you get past that point where you're all, you know, you're all struck by these guys and then you're just like, yeah, I'm one of these guys. So it's <laughs> it's one of those exactly. things where it's able to just figure out that you belong here. So that's awesome. And, I, and I'm curious, this year's team, obviously, we talked about some of the additions they made, but looking at the the, the rest of the Eastern Conference, how do you think you guys stack up against the rest of the East? Well, we're, we're definitely going to compete. I think we would definitely compete. I think the East itself is is so strong. You know, over the past two or three seasons, especially, the East has gotten stronger. Um, I definitely see us, you know, at least at least trying to get to that top six seed, bro. I think it's very – I think it's very attainable. It's just one of those things where you have to hit your stride at the right time in the season. You know, the competitor in me is like, we're going to be a top four seed. We're going to do this and that. But the reality of it is, you know, you have a younger team. You have guys who haven't really had a full season. You have guys who don't have playoff experience. So it's going to be bumps along the way. But I still think that if you hit your stride at the right time, all it takes is one month. All it takes is like a few stretches to actually, you know, put some wins together and whatnot. So I think it's very attainable for for us to be a top six seed. Top six seed feels like it does feel realistic. It does. You know, I think to say, hey, you know, we're going to take the jump from outside the play into top three. That, that's that's tough. But the mentality has to be different this year going into the season compared to last year where, you know, they kind of tempered expectations. Hey, it's going to be a little bit different. And that didn't sound like the usual pace for basketball. Can you tell me how hungry and motivated this squad is before the year? Because I'm telling you, they say absence Makes the heart grow fonder. I can't wait to get back to the playoffs. And you got to be feeling the same. Absolutely, bro. You know, I got spoiled, man. My first four or five seasons, I went to the playoffs. You know, I, I had some game sevens. You know, I, I've, I've had the highs and lows. I've been swept. I had the motion of a game seven. I've seen game-winning shots. Like, that's the type of environment that not everybody can say that they played in. You know, when you're winning, when you're all said and done, your career's over, you're telling your grandkids about the league. Like, you, not everybody's going to be able to say, you know, I played at a high level in the playoffs. And I want that – more so, obviously, for myself, but I wonder for my guys as well, man. Like, to be able to actually experience that with the group and how special that bond is that you build, like, throughout the playoffs and traveling on the road and being in different cities and hostile environments, like, that stuff is fun, bro. It's just dope. And I think that, you know, this roster that we have now, I'm telling you, it's all going to be about hitting the stride at the right time. You know, we're going to win some, we're going to lose some, but when you actually put together the certain streaks or a good-ass month, it just makes it all the more realistic. So, as... As you, you know, as you're saying, I'm definitely itching to get back to myself. Just to, it's just a competitor to me. You know, I was, um, I told you I was uh, training in Denver at the beginning of the year. Uh, sorry, and at the end of the offseason. And, you know, the finals is going on over there. And I went to a game, I went to a game over there and I just saw the way the city was like rallying around, like, you know, Denver itself and how they had that crazy story and everything. And like, I want that in Indy, bro. Like for real, for real. And it's dope that we get the All Star game this year and we get that camaraderie. But to have that in the playoffs, like at another level, for me to be able to experience it, like I'm, I'm into myself, man. I think it could be a really fun thing. Speaking of a fun thing, you you were there in the bubble. It was such a weird experience, I'm sure, because of how everything was during that time. But bubble Warren, talk to me about TJ Warren in the bubble because that was just superhuman stuff. I'm just curious, man. Well. 
We were playing pickup in Indy right before we left for the bubble. And TJ was killing, bro. Like, was not missing. I'm talking, he was dunking on people. He was hitting setbacks. He was hitting all sorts of crazy mid-range shots. Like, little. And we, TJ was one of those guys, he's naturally quiet and really isn't about hoops. But he was in a different place. I don't know what it was. I don't know what training. I don't know what he was eating. Like, whatever it was. But when he got to the bubble, bro, he was just in a different place, man. He was just locked in. That Philly game, I'm not sure who was talking shit to him. Somebody was somebody was gassing him up. And he just never looked back, bro. For real, for real. It was always it was really incredible to witness. I know it was in Philadelphia, right? I think someone I don't know mm-hmm. who gassed him up, but someone was talking to him crazy and just got him going. Man, yeah, he, that was that was a moment I think Pacer fans will not forget. But you know, you've seen a couple of rookies come through town, you know, quite a few. What was different about Benedict Mather and Andrew Nimhard last year? Because they they didn't look like rookies, or they just looked like something we hadn't seen from a rookie standpoint. To start with Ben, bro, his mentality is everything. Like he really has that that Kobe like killer mentality. Like it's you know it's kind of like cliche to say oh mama mentality this isn't that, but I think Ben really like epitomizes that, bro. Like he literally has no friends on that floor. He doesn't care who you are. He doesn't care. You know what you when when he first got drafted and he started saying that stuff about LeBron, I was like, oh, this this dude right here, but he's had no idea. And then we actually played against him and Ben, you know, held his own a little bit. And then Ben started to all the all the crap he was talking and whatnot, he started to back it up. And I respect that personally. And um, Ben is one of those guys that I think that he really is just locked in and focused, bro. And he's someone who is very hard on himself. I would say, yeah, I think he's not an emotional player. So. Those great games, those good games, really into it. But those lows, like he feels it a bit, it's because he cares. You know what I mean? I think that's something that's, I won't say rare, but something that you don't see when a first-year player, someone who cares like that much. And then Drew, Drew's just cold, bro. For real. I've been watching him play since he was uh, at Florida, you know, before he transferred or whatnot to Zaga. Like he, I've always kind of just liked his game, bro. He's just really a, a heady guard, and people don't understand how strong he is. Like he's, he's big up top, so when he hits people, it gets downhill. Like they feel that. We were in practice at training camp last year, and he came down – and like hit me in my chest, like, kind of came. I was like, "Damn, this little, oh, my fuck's a little strong, man!" <laughs> right? And um, but and uh, he's someone who's a very skilled player, bro. Sees the floor very well, and um, someone who works on his game, bro. You can tell he studies the game as well. You know, even his little brother, man, his little brother's cold too, bro. Mm-hmm. Like, he just he just trans- he was at Creighton. He just transferred somewhere. Oh, Gonzaga, Gonzaga, right Gonzaga. Yep. yeah, yeah. So then they got some good hoops in that family, man, for real. Well, maybe we'll get his brother on the team next year in the draft. You never know, but. Uh... <laughs> That'd be dope for me. I think I think Andrew Nimrod's awesome. He's one of my favorite players to watch just because how he plays the game. But I'm curious, was there somebody last year that really just kind of surprised you with how well they they stepped up to the, the the plate in terms of just kind of taking a step maybe you didn't necessarily see in them? Man, I, I gotta give a shout out to Sticks, bro. Jalen Smith. I think at the beginning of the year, there was a lot of expectations on him. And he, you know, he was starting and he saw off the bench and then he did he got DMP to what they're playing. I think he took a step. There's still more steps to take, but I think he took a step in maturity last year, man. Like, I think he he saw what the situation was. A lot of you have a starting center. You know, you have, like, in, in me, and you know you're playing behind some guys. And he could have very easily just hung his head and just, you know, just gave up on the season. But, bro, he endured, man. And like, towards the end of the year, he started to play more. And he started to become more of a man. But, like, this way he started hitting people, the way he started, like, you know, uh, taking hits and whatnot, it's something that, you know, a flip switch for him. And I think that um, someone of his stature and his and, his, uh, and uh, in his ability, he's only going to get better. And mm-hmm. I, I saw a flip switch for him last year, and I'm hoping he carries that over into the season. 
Who do you think is that player that is really poised to, for like a, a breakout year on this team? Maybe it's just a, a difference from going from, you know, rookie to, to sophomore or anything like that. Just someone in specific that maybe we're not talking enough about. But, hey, next year could be the year. Man, I really like Jordan Noir, bro. I really do. Jordan came along last year, and he's someone who can put the ball in the hoop. Um, I think for someone with him, he never really got a real, real shot in Milwaukee. But on this team right here, he had a chance to go out here and actually – you know, make a difference on this team. So I think he's someone I'm looking out for, you know, to have a breakout year. You know, um, we just spoke on Andrew Nimhart. I think he'll get more playing time this year and a, and a chance to actually go out there and prove himself a bit more. And, I mean, I, I'm obviously going to throw myself in the conversation as well. You know, I think, you know, I, I also I want to build off of the great things I did last year. You know, efficiency was a big thing that I know I was really good at last year and keeping the – and I want to keep on, you know, building on that, you know, just being a – being that reliable guy, you know, especially down the stretch. I wanted to pick your brain on this because it was an idea I came up with. Obviously, we know the Pacers don't retire a lot of jerseys. Basically, you have to be a Hall of Famer to get your jersey retired. And I feel like they could do a, a really cool thing by maybe creating like a ring of honor to celebrate former Pacers of the past that have had a, a huge impact on the team, whether they've obviously we haven't won a championship yet, but, you know, they still have had a huge impact on it. What are your thoughts on maybe the Pacers implementing a ring of honor? A ring of honor, that'd be something that'd be dope, man, because it's something that you can bring those players back. You know what I mean? And you might be able to put those players amongst the group that's there now, you know, giving that wisdom and like just telling what it was like just to be in that city and tell how much the tell how much the fans like embrace you. I automatically I think of guys like, you know, like a David West, like, you know, even like Roy when he was here and just guys that have been through, like you said, like the ring of fire, but like people that actually have been through that fire and they go live to tell about it in you know. Um I think it's a great, I think it's actually a dope concept. You know, I'm not sure how much, you know, they'll embody or epitomize, but I, I do like the idea for sure. I, I will say your voice is probably stronger than mine in trying to get this exactly. accomplished. So <laughs> if you want to be an advocate for it, I mean, you can take all the credit for it too. I don't care. I just think it'd be a great way for them to kind of embrace some of the former Pacers and just continue that rich history of, of honoring those players. Mm-hmm. That's good stuff. That's real. Yeah. No, I mean, when you're thinking about that, you're talking about that ring of honor. Miles, I did the math. There's maybe seven or eight players that have been with the franchise longer than you have been with the Pacers, and the Golden State Warriors have three of them. It took four championships just to keep those three players there. What did it mean for you to sign that extension last year and further your loyalty and legacy with the Pacers You know, since they drafted you in 2015? Well, bro, like, India literally is my second home, man. I've been there since I was a teenager. Right. And the city embraced me like right away. You know, I came in here, you know, I, I played right away. You know, I was starter by the end of the year, starting the playoffs. And like people really embraced me and backed me, you know, even through a lot of the flack that I got and the hate that I got. And like for some of the fans, it was overshadowed by the love I got from the fans where like people legitimately have my back and will go to war for me. And it's like that's something that you don't see every day is that that loyalty in a franchise. So. You know, that's stuff that I also consider, you know, when I'm, you know, when I look at stuff like free agency or when I look at, you know, like resigning extension like I did, it's just that, it's just that zone and knowing I can build here. So it felt amazing and it felt, it, was, it meant the world to me that, you know, I was embracing much as I was and, and still am, you know, even after I signed that extension. And, bro, it's just, it's just like um, returning on that investment, honestly. Like, I really think that these teams are going forward and I understand it was like a short-term deal, it's a two-year deal, but in these two years, I'm going to get everything I got, bro. Like, I've seen... I'm not going to say I've seen everything, but I've seen a lot. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Especially when it comes to me and my career here. So with all that wisdom and with all that, you know, knowledge that I have, just putting my best foot forward into making this, you know, roster and uh, making this franchise, you know, as great as it can be. You know, I'm committed. 
I think it'd be awesome to see that you've stuck it out this long with this team, despite all the trade rumors and stuff, to see them get to uh, Eastern Conference Finals or even the NBA Finals. I think it'd be awesome for you to be a part of that just because you've been along for the whole entire journey of, of this whole time. So, you know, seeing PG request a trade, Oladipo getting traded, then we getting Tyrese. I mean, it's just, it's been a lot that you've been through. So I respect you for it, but you are a proud Texas Longhorn. I'm curious. I don't know if you've ever answered this question before, but if you could build your starting five of Texas Longhorns, who would that five be? Oof. All right. Um, you got to throw TJ Ford, obviously, the one. I mean, he's a Texas legend and so. stuff. Hmm. You know what? I flipped off that. I probably put DJ Augustine at the one. I probably put TJ at the two. Oof. The three. You can throw Katie at the three because he can play the three. I put LaMarcus Aldridge at the four and myself at the five. Okay. I love it. It's a really good roster right there. <laughs> Three of them are Pacers uh, between uh, TJ and yeah. uh, TJ. DJ, so, DJ played a little bit. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, no, that, that, that's fun. Um, I'm actually – I got to throw this out there. I'm a WVU alumni. So, I wow. mean, Texas, man, that, that's our rival. But, you know, Miles, I'm going to put that aside because I do appreciate <laughs> you. But we do have some rapid-fire questions for you just to end this segment. So first thought that comes to mind, I always got to say this because we had Lance Stevenson on here. He took about five minutes per rapid fire. <laughs> I defeated the whole person. Shout out the boy already. That's my oh, boy. Man. Just got to love him. Got to love him. First question, favorite teammate you've had? Favorite teammate I had, Al Jefferson, for sure. That's All right. A, I love that answer. Actually, I'm, I know it's rapid fire, but I got to say we've had Al on twice on the podcast, which I don't I haven't even heard from Al in a long time, but we had him on like, when we first started doing it and he was pretty excited about your game, so I think that's really cool to hear that. Um, what's your go-to restaurant in Indy? Go-to restaurant in Indy, Chatham Tap. They got the wings over there. It's a fire on Mass Ave. Okay. Got to try that out. Uh, favorite movie? Favorite movie? Uh, oh, yeah. Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. That's <laughs> right okay. Oh, that's a great answer. Oh, I did not expect that one. Uh, okay. what's one? Who is one player you'd love to join the Pacers? One player I'd love to join the Pacers? Uh, oh, this is a controversial one right here. Sheesh. <laughs> um, bro, currently, man, man, throw Dame Lillard in there, man. Why not? Okay, well, they, they <laughs> say he's available, so yeah. we'll, we'll see. But, uh, my last question, I guess it's a two parter for you. Uh, favorite Lego set that you've ever built, and not just that. NBA, is there another athlete that can go toe-to-toe with you from a Lego standpoint? Oh, okay. Uh, well, first, my favorite one I built is Death Star, just because, like, it was so – there's, like, so many scenes from all the movies in there. You're literally building out, like, scenes from the movie, like, even four, like, episodes four, no, five and six, you know, for the most part. And, like, it's kind of cool just to watch the movies and kind of build at the same time and you kind of see it all coming together. So Death Star is definitely up there. Does anyone go toe-to-toe with me in Legos in the NBA? Nobody. I mean, yeah. the only other person I could throw in there, maybe maybe one of the Lopez brothers or something. I don't know. I think they're kind of into like all the, you know, kind of like the, the nerdy geeky stuff I'm into. So <laughs> perhaps, but no, nah, I can't see anybody. Mm. All right. My, la- my last one for you. What is your all-time favorite Pacers jersey and then all-time favorite NBA jersey? All-time favorite Pacers jersey? I'll definitely say the Flojos. Like them, like uh, those are the ones with the stripes. Am I not, am I, am I not mistaken? Right, the flow. That's that's the terminology in that. The Flojos, like the side stripe, a little bit. Uh, are you thinking of the pinstripes? 
Probably did, okay. The Flojo's, because when I got here, CJ Miles had a Flojo jersey. Yeah, that's like, it. That's it. That's the one, the Flojo's. That's the one. Yes, Flojo's probably my favorite. And my favorite NBA jersey? Probably, bro, probably the Raptors jersey when they had the Raptor. Oh, like, yeah. And stripes. Like, those are cold to me, bro. Classic. Like, for, bro. Yeah. I guess following up on that real quick, what are your thoughts of the new Pacer jerseys that they just kind of announced? Um, those are the honestly, bro. I I saw a mock up of it. I wasn't even sure if it was a real thing. So yeah, I Scott, a Scott Agnes shared that on his website that they were the leaked new Pacers jersey, like with the the spray paint looking thing with like a teal and yellow and black. It's kind of uh interesting to me. I yeah, I, I don't love it, I, but yeah. some people liked it. Mm-hmm. I just don't think it really. Reflects the I'm gonna keep it a stack, bro. Like when I saw Scott Stain, but you like had to subscribe to it, and I was like, I'm not doing that. So, <laughs> like I'm, I'm not about to just like waste all this time just like see a picture. So I haven't. I saw a mock up of it, like on I don't even know where I saw it. it Might have been uh, Instagram or something like that. But mm-hmm. I wasn't sure if it was a real one. So I don't want to comment on it. And be like, oh, this is that, and I don't even know if it's the real like jersey. Feel me? That's yeah, no. I was. I mean, last year's. What do you think of last year's? The ones that were like the black ones last year. Why am I blanking on last year's jerseys? My goodness. It's only been a couple of, Oh, yeah, the black. Yeah, yeah the black. Yeah. yeah. I didn't mind them, bro, because they said like it was supposed to be like Gamebridge, right? Or something like yeah, that. Yeah. With the yellow and I didn't mind them just because I like black jerseys, though. Like, we did yeah. something like that at UT. We had like Anthracite jerseys when we first got there. So I don't mind black jerseys, but I like the fact that we switched it up every year. You know, just keep, just keep mm-hmm. things fresh. My favorite ones is probably the uh, the original ones with the, oh, like when, when Vic was here, which one? You know what I'm talking about? Are you talking uh, about the, the blue and gold one or the white one? It wasn't the white one. I think it was the blue and gold one itself. Yeah. Those were my favorite. I had like the race. Uh, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, I, I thought you were talking about that. Yeah, the yep. checkers on the side. That's that was sick. Those were yeah. sick. Those were probably like my favorite ones I've seen. Hey, I, I love it. Miles, I definitely appreciate you coming on. I'm I'm excited for what we have in store, you know, as a team, but also for yourself. I really feel that you are in the prime of your career right now. Very happy that's happening in Indiana and nowhere else. I'm I'm selfish and greedy like that. But please tell everybody where they could find you out on social media. Find me on social media, Turner underscore Miles on Instagram, original underscore Turner on TikTok and Twitter. And that's about all I do, man. I ain't really into all that social media stuff no more. So, yeah. <laughs> I will say this before we go. Today is Reggie Miller's birthday. So we are recording oh. this on Reggie's birthday. So I got to give Reggie a shout out. I got this old retro. I'm going to pull my mic down. This old Reggie nice 1990 <laughs> shirt on to support to support the birthday but uh i gotta i gotta That's get me legend, a, i gotta get some more shirts i just don't have a lot but uh it's one of those things you just added the collection as you go along <laughs> hey miles best of luck this season hey stay healthy stay hungry and please Miles, we gotta get back to the playoffs i'm itching out here i need it that's what you described in denver i mean just it's it's what we're dreaming about over here Hey man, I'm right there with y'all. Appreciate the time today. For real, for real. I'll see. See y'all next season, man. Shout out to everything. All right, thanks, Miles. Setting the pace, going to the top. Setting the pace, going to the top. This is your number one podcast. Sweeping every team. We gonna need a mop. Smooth. Mm-hmm.